Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. It's Friday. It's Hot Sports Take Friday, and I am excited about this show. We got a great show for you. Going to have Tanya Chavez. She's being referred to as Tanya Chavez and not New Mexico Lightning midfielder Tanya Chavez because she is more than a soccer player. She is a sports analyst. We are going to talk NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and we're going to get into the World Cup. That's going to happen later this year. Yes, we're going to have World Cup matches in November and December. How is that going to fare competing against football here in this country? Going to talk about that epic comeback by the Memphis Grizzlies down 26 to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Golden State Warriors take a commanding 3-0 lead over the Denver Nuggets. Are they now the favorites to win the NBA title? And the Dallas Mavericks, again, win without Luka. I'm going to talk nothing but NBA playoffs. The Braves have a three-game series against the Miami Marlins this weekend. We got local sports in Columbus. The River Dragons are in the playoffs. Columbus State has got a big three-game series against Georgia College. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. What an epic comeback by the Memphis Grizzlies. Down 26 they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 104 to 95. They regain home court advantage. Desmond Bain hit seven three pointers. And at one point, Memphis was on an 18 0 run. Minnesota's going to have to regroup. They play the Grizzlies Saturday night. Is that the momentum that is going to carry Memphis into this series? Clearly, they're the number two seed. Minnesota's the number seven seed. But is that going to be the deciding factor that's going to flip this series? Looks like the Memphis Grizzlies have found their footing. And if they do get past Minnesota, waiting for them, I believe, are the Golden State Warriors. They got a huge road victory against the Denver Nuggets, 118-113. to Watched it last night on TNT. We got a new big three in Golden State. They've added a third splash brother. You got Steph Curry, you got Klay Thompson, and you also have Jordan Poole. This guy came out of nowhere, 27 points. Clay Thompson chipped in with 26. Steph Curry, 27 off the bench. I really feel bad for Nikolai Jokic because he's doing it all by himself. He had 37 points. Denver needs help. Denver is a very good team when they have all their pieces. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., but they're both injured. They're bringing a knife to a gunfight. It is hard to stop the Golden State Warriors when they are on. The Warriors, to me, seemed like even if one of their Splash Brothers has a poor night shooting, they've got two other pieces. They have a lot of depth, and they have a lot of veterans, like defensive stoppers like Draymond. Andre Ugadala still can contribute. Gary Payton II off the bench. 
they didn't even play Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody or Damian Lee. The Warriors have depth. And is the dynasty back? That team that went to the NBA Finals for five straight years. Oh, and how great does it feel that they are winning without Kevin Durant? I could not be happier. Yes, I was happy as a Warriors fan that Kevin Durant joined the team and won two titles in 17 and 18. He spent three seasons with the Golden State Warriors. And if it wasn't for a bunch of injuries, they would have won another title in 2019. But Kevin Durant chose to go to Brooklyn, and I could not be happier that this super team they tried to form in Brooklyn is down 0-2 to Boston. Wrapping up the final game, uh, the Dallas Mavericks did beat the Utah Jazz 126-118. to 118. No Luka, but Jalen Brunson had 31 points for the Dallas Mavericks. And is it over in Utah? The tandem of Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley Jr., is that core going to break up? Because Utah could not achieve playoff success. Anytime you have a run where you have a bunch of superstars and they come together, Utah is a very good organization, but nothing's been shown for it. They got bumped out by the Clippers last year. They were the overall number one seed in the Western Conference. This year, they're about to get eliminated by the Dallas Mavericks, who don't even have Luka. But looking ahead at the NBA playoffs, Devin Booker looks like he's going to miss Game 3 and Game 4 against New Orleans. Phoenix will take on New Orleans on the road. They will play tonight. I still think Phoenix is the better team, and they should advance. But don't overlook Brandon Ingram. I cannot believe the Lakers bailed on this guy. You also have Milwaukee and Chicago. Chris Middleton's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Does that change the series? Does that make the Bulls favorites now? And then, of course, the local team here in Georgia, the Atlanta Hawks, they're down 0-2 to the Miami Heat. Can they rattle off some wins at State Farm Arena to try to at least make this series interesting? And looking at the Saturday slate of games, Philly... I mean, let's be honest. Right now, the two teams that are the most dominating so far in the NBA playoffs are the Golden State Warriors and the Philadelphia 76ers. They have a commanding 3-0 lead over the Toronto Raptors. They should advance. You got Boston up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Nets make it interesting and get a couple games in Brooklyn, but I think that Boston wins that series. I'm just excited about the NBA playoffs. We have the NFL Draft coming up next week. We got Major League Baseball. The Atlanta Braves have a huge three-game series starting tonight at Truett's Park. And believe it or not, Friday's game is sold out. I mean, when you're the defending world champs, people are going to want to see you. And this is a hot ticket in Georgia. People want to see the Braves because they are the defending world champions. And Kyle Wright, who's been very impressive, 1-0, a 1 4 earn run average, taking the mound against the Miami Marlins. The Braves are 6-8 and eight after dropping two out of three against the Los Angeles Dodgers, but hopefully they can turn the corner and rattle off some wins. They got some good news that Ronald Acuna Jr. may be joining the lineup in early May. That is going to be a big boost because when he was with the Braves, he was the leading MVP candidate. I would like to talk about what is coming up. I'm going to have a very busy next week, starting with Monday. Monday, I'm going to have Rob Frazier on the show. Tuesday, I'm going to have Zach DeBozart on the show, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus River Dragons and Columbus Chattahoots, as we are going to recap the playoff games as the River Dragons are playing in the playoffs tonight against the Danbury Hattricks. 
they are going to be on the road, and then games two and three, if necessary, are going to be next week. So Sunday, game two of the semifinals in the Federal Prospects Hockey League playoffs at the Columbus Civic Center. It's going to be a busy weekend at the Columbus Civic Center. And game three, if necessary, is going to be on Tuesday. But let's hope that they don't get to a game three, that they can win on the road tonight. Zach DeBozart will have the call on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key, and on YouTube. I always appreciate hearing him on the radio and listening to the call. You know, the last couple weeks, I've been going to three days a week. Next week, I'll go to five days a week. Going to have Rob on the show on Monday. Zach DeBozart is going to be on the show Tuesday. Brad Page is going to be on the show Wednesday. And Thursday is going to be the debut of my sports documentaries. A tribute to the 2006 Northern Little League World Series champions. I have multiple guests for that. I put a lot of work into that documentary. I've already completed some of it. It is not a finished product. I will have Tyler Crowder on. He is host of a podcast called Kicking It With Crowder. And I expect to have Dave Plata on as well. And then Friday's show, I'm hoping to have Gabe Reynolds on. So it's going to be a very busy week. I got a busy weekend. I got the Columbus Lions as I'm the color commentator alongside Jared Dillard, who's the play-by-play announcer. And they will open the season against the Jacksonville Sharks. Word broke yesterday that Mason Espinoza has stepped down as the quarterback of the Lions. He's on to pursue a coaching career. Good luck to him. Columbus is getting a familiar face as Darren Daniels returns to the Lions. Darren played college basketball at Columbus State University, and he played quarterback at Central out of Phoenix City. So looking forward to watching Darren play, and hopefully I could get him as a guest on this podcast. We got a great show for you. The Braves play tonight. Of course, you got the River Dragons tonight. Going to recap the NBA playoffs as the Golden State Warriors take a commanding 3-0 series lead over the Denver Nuggets. And I'm going to talk about the whole Debo Samuel fallout. Let's begin with that. Because when I go to three days a week, I miss really big sports stories. And I just kept scrolling through my phone and I kept seeing the news story that I wanted to avoid all day. Debo Samuel has requested to be traded from the San Francisco 49ers. I was shocked. I'm not going to be bitter or salty. I am a 49ers fan. Debo Samuel makes my team better. But I know what the market is for a top wide receiver. And Debo Samuel is not a top wide receiver. I'm sorry. He's not. He is a great yards per catch type wide receiver that also plays running back. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Cooper Cup. He's not Stephon Diggs. You've got to understand, to be a top wide receiver, to demand $25 million a year, you've got to be a vertical threat. And Debo is not that vertical threat. He's utilized very well in Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme. But he's not worth $25 million. The 49ers already offered him $19 million, and now he's requesting to be traded. Well, here's my hot sports take for Friday. The 49ers should trade him to the Atlanta Falcons for the number eight overall pick. Then with that eighth overall pick, they go out and get the best defensive player in that draft because he's going to be cheap. Because you hung on to Jimmy Garoppolo this long, you might as well play him to see if he could lead you to a Super Bowl. But 
Now without Debo Samuel in the lineup, you got Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and George Kittle, who's constantly hurt. I think this puts the 49ers into third place in the NFC West. I know the Cardinals are still a great team, and I believe that they're going to pay the money for Kyler Murray. But the Rams are clearly head and shoulders better than every team in the NFC West now. I mean, look at what the Rams have done. They got Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, one of the best middle linebackers in the last 10 years. I really wanted to do a show yesterday, but it was so hard to get up and to try to do a show and to talk about the whole Debo Samuel fallout. Another big sports story that broke after my show on Wednesday, Jay Wright, the Villanova head coach, retires. He's going to go down as one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time, if not number two to Coach K. Four Final Four appearances in the last 20 years with the Villanova Wildcats, two championships, and he had a four-year stretch where Villanova was clearly the most dominating team in college basketball. That was a dynasty where they won two titles and they were the number one seed all four times and won 33-plus games. It was just an incredible stretch. I think it's about that time to bring Tanya Chavez on the show. We'll be back. Yeah. Stick around. Welcome back to the show. I've got Tanya Chavez been a while welcome back thank you yeah it's been a while but i'm glad to be back all right i know that your soccer season has ended the rapid season has ended but let's talk some nba playoffs because you're a big fan of the phoenix suns but guess what tanya they're they're in trouble devin booker is going to be out for games three and four against the new orleans pelicans do you still think that the phoenix suns could win the nba title i mean right now it's hard to say because um that injury that devin brooker sustained it got worse earlier i mean they were saying two two to three days now they're saying maybe like a few weeks or longer because it's actually a strain a hamstring strain so i don't know i mean i just don't know if they can do it i, I mean how many miles is left in chris paul I'm, I'm a little worried and then brandon ingram is having such a great first round so i i don't know i mean we're they're going down to pelicans now so i'm i'm a little bit afraid honestly the Suns, but I think we just got to see what they do without him. They blew a lead. They could have won the, that game the other night, and then they lost once he got injured, and that's when they lost the game. I believe without a healthy Devin Booker, Phoenix is in trouble. I believe that the Golden State Warriors are now the favorites to win the NBA title. Um, Yeah, I mean, I would believe you're right. I mean, Stephen Curry, I know he was injured towards the end of the season. I think he's on his way back. I mean, they got guns. I mean, the Splash Brothers, you know. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that they would be the new favorite. I mean, I don't know if people are counting them to be the new favorite, but I mean, that's a, I would say so as well. I mean, the NBA playoffs are so young. I mean, we're still in the first round. Anything can happen, but yeah, that West, the West Coast Conference is tough. So, well, I tell you what, Tanya, I'm excited because I am not a fan of super teams. Well, of course, especially. If it's my team, then I guess I am a fan of super teams. I mean, the Warriors did form that super team, and they won three titles. But I could not be happier that the Brooklyn Nets are down 0-2 to the Celtics. Three years ago, Kyrie and Kevin Durant decided to team up. It's not working in Brooklyn. Did you know they actually got on a podcast three years ago and said that they don't even need a coach? It didn't matter who coached them, that they were going to make it work. Brooklyn is about to be eliminated by the Boston Celtics. I am ecstatic. I am so happy that Brooklyn 
which is not a very well-run franchise. I know that NBA fans were hoping for Lakers, Brooklyn. They're both dysfunctional franchises. That's not how you win in this league. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have any hope for the Nets. I mean, it it just seems like it's just a Durant and Kyrie Irving show. I don't really, like, there's, it's just like two guys versus the other team. I don't, I don't enjoy watching that team. And like you said, I mean, I I see that attitude in them that they don't need a coach. Um, Like Nash is their coach, but I just, I don't know. They, I mean, who knows? Is Ben Simmons going to be back? They keep mentioning him. This is what I heard from some sources, some really good NBA sources that Ben Simmons will return for game four. But even with that, the Celtics have the best defense in the league. Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I believe the Boston Celtics are going to find a way, and they're going to win this series. And yet another playoff exit for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I cannot be happier. I am so excited. I do not like super teams. I don't know if you remember back in 2010. Let's take a stroll back to 2010. The decision when LeBron, (laughs) at the Boys and Girls Club, on ESPN for charity, made his decision, and my heart sunk. I knew the Miami Heat already had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. When LeBron said he was going to take his talents to South Beach, I was so sick to my stomach. For four seasons, I hated, absolutely hated the Miami Heat. And then the next day, he gets a, a rally together, and he says, not one, not two, not three. He promised the Miami Heat eight championships. Yeah, I remember that whole escapade. I I was not a fan of any of that. Not the telecast, not the decision, not it was just it was blown out of proportion. It was it was horrible. And yeah, they call them, you know, the big three. They're forming the big three. They were like super arrogant when they were in the NBA finals with the Mavericks. They were making fun of Novinsky and the team and everything. It was just I felt like it was like three immature players promising things that they couldn't promise to the Miami Heat. Yeah, they did lose that NBA Finals to the Dallas Mavericks. In 12, they did beat an Oklahoma City Thunder team that was just forming. They had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. I remember the headline in the newspaper, one down, seven to go. Like, yeah, LeBron finally got a title with Miami. He really only should have got one title with Miami because if it wasn't for a Ray Allen three, they would have mm-hmm. lost to the Spurs in 2013. Right. I do remember that as well. I forgot Ray Allen was on the team. Who could forget Jesus Shuttleworth? I forgot <laughs> he ended up on that team. Like you said, I'm not a fan of these guys teaming up. I mean, the whole Ben Simmons thing was kind of weird. I mean, the whole fallout with the 76ers. I mean, he hasn't played, what, in two years? I feel like I haven't seen him on the court in two years. Ben Simmons did play in the playoffs against the Atlanta Hawks in the second round. He was a no-show in the playoffs, and that's why the Sixers – wanted to ship him out speaking of bailing on a team so i'm a huge san francisco 49ers fan all i could not stop thinking about all the the news that debo samuel wants to be traded from the san francisco 49ers and tanya all i gotta say is he is not an elite wide receiver like a tyreek hill or a cooper cup or a stefan diggs he's a good wide receiver he's not worth 25 million that's what he wants he wants 25 million Right. I, I, I agree with you. Um, he's not a big name. Um, I know he made headlines yesterday with his rant about wanting to leave. I just don't understand why they, all these guys are wanting to leave their teams. Um, I, I really, you know, Garoppolo's still around. Garoppolo's not the big name quarterback either, but I mean, I don't understand what these guys want. You know, it is about money. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to get what he wants. Yeah, that upset me a lot because... I mean, he's a great talent. I mean, that's the first time the 49ers had a Pro Bowl wide receiver since Terrell Owens in 2003. 
if he wants to be traded, a new segment on my show, Hot Sports Take Friday. I pretty much upset all the Atlanta Falcons fans here in Georgia. I said the 49ers should trade Debo Samuel to the Atlanta Falcons for the number eight pick. That's I know that sounds crazy, but the Atlanta Falcons do not have any skilled wide receivers. They don't have anybody. Julio Jones went to the Titans last year. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley is suspended for an entire season for gambling. They don't have anybody. Kyle Pitts is really their only offensive weapon. So I figured, why don't I stir the pot a little bit and just come up with a hot sports take and say the 49ers should trade Debo Samuel to the Falcons. You know, because I do have ties to both the 49ers and Falcons. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Falcons were just irrelevant this past season. And, I mean, you would think Matt Ryan would have had a better season, but that's why he had no one to throw to. Exactly. And, I mean, I never thought about that. I never thought about that, Trey. That does make sense, you know. Um, you just never know what they're going to do. I mean, the, the draft is coming soon, a couple weeks away or next week, actually. It's the 28th, right? Yes, the draft is April 28th. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot can happen uh, within a week on that from now. So, the, I didn't think about that trade, though. That would be interesting. But we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, a lot of players are moving all over the place. We got, like, Tyreek Hill left. You know, they traded him off from the Kansas City. And I thought, um, I heard it's because of money. They couldn't afford him. Oh, yeah, he's now on the Dolphins. Yeah, so that that's weird. <laughs> I don't know if I can see him playing on the Dolphins. It's going to be definitely different to see that. Oh, guess what, Tanya? I was looking at the latest Major League Baseball standings and your Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, I think they still call them themselves that, are in first place. I know. Yeah, I was shocked. Uh, Tony had a great game last night. I mean, he, he had no hits for the first five innings. I think in the sixth, they finally got a hit off of him, but he was going for a no-hitter. Great season so far for him. I know Mike Trout is again day-to-day with that hand injury. Oh, yeah. Oh, that broke my heart when I saw that. I know. I was, oh, not again. We don't need him on the sidelines again, but, you know, just a bruise, but those do take time to heal. But so big- I just... Yeah. yeah, but a big shout out to Shohei Itani, who is the cover athlete for MLB 22, the show. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. I'm so excited. I used to play MLB, the show, and it, for the longest time, it was on PlayStation for like a decade, and I had an Xbox. It, it has returned to the Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. I am so excited. Of course, I haven't really played video games in over 10 years. But that's because with kids and everything. But, hey, they are old enough now that we have, I think we need to upgrade our gaming system to a Nintendo Switch so I can play all these sports games again. Yeah, shoot. I mean, they're so updated, you know. Like, it's amazing, like, how the sports games look. That's all I play. I can't play these other games. I, I get dizzy. But, you know, I'm, like, playing FIFA all the, most of the time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the, of course. NBA. Yeah, NBA 2K. <laughs> Those are the two games I, I play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I really haven't tried any MLB games, but I'm with you. I, I think I'm going to try it. It looks fun. I've seen the previews for it. Speaking of soccer, congratulations to the United States for qualifying for the World Cup. Do you like their draw? They got England, Iran, England, Iran, and then they, they got, uh, like, Ukraine, Serbia, and Wales. Like, the their – there's le- there there who's left 
Um, right. Yeah, they're going to pl- do a playoff, and then we'll learn their final opponent once that's done. I believe they, they do that in June. Yeah, I don't think it's the group of death. I know Alexi Lawless was saying it's the group of death. No, um, it's, it's not. Be- it's not. And the only reason why he's saying that because the other, you know, England's a top-notch team. They're ranked in the top, I think, 15 or 10, and then Iran is right there too. Um, but it's a great group. Um, obviously, England's going to be our greatest opponent. I believe we play them in the second game. I think it's Black Fridays when we play England, actually. Oh, I'm wondering if that is going to be like the time zone and everything because it's in Qatar. And Mm so on Thanksgiving, we're going to be having World Cup. That is going to be very unusual. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You normally watch the NFL. Um, Yeah, it's going to be very unusual. You're right. (laughs) So is is the World Cup final going to be around Christmas time? Uh, yeah, it's about it's yeah, it's about a month long. It'll be right before Christmas is when it'll end. I believe the twenty first. That is, is end, yeah. Wow, that is like huge. I mean, great for soccer. I mean, soccer is a year round sport, and I wish the United States the best of luck. Hopefully, they can advance to the quarterfinal. I mean, they've made it to the round of sixteen a couple of times. They lost to Belgium in two thousand fourteen. They lost to. Actually, they did make it to the round of eight. I believe they lost to Germany. They they actually won their round of sixteen game in two thousand two, beating Mexico two to one. Right. Yeah, that was epic. And then they lost to Germany. But then they had some very disappointing World Cups to include two thousand six. That was a very disappointing World Cup. Two thousand ten was when they lost to Ghana. Mm-hmm. I, like out of all the teams, you lose to Ghana twice. Seriously, the United States has lost to Ghana twice in World Cups. When they had to play them in 2014, I was—I admit, Tanya, I was nervous. Yeah, I was too. I mean, Ghana, we play them so much and we cannot beat them. And I was worried. They almost could have drew Ghana again in the group play. It was so close. And I was sitting there, honestly, biting my nails. I was like, please don't put Ghana in our group again. Like, we're sick of them. Um, oh. Thankfully, they're not. But we can still. I don't. I didn't see where Ghana's at. But um, I don't know. I guess we can't keep up with their pace. Those guys are fast. I don't know what it is, honestly. So, what is the expectations for U.S. World Cup to get to the quarterfinals? I think so. I mean, you know, we had we did good last summer, um, winning. I forget what. I don't think it was the Gold Cup, but the competition we did last summer with the really was the B squad. Um, we have the strength. We just got to stay healthy. That's the main thing right now. I mean, Gio Reyna is out for the season again with his hamstring. Oh, no. Yeah, he, that happened to like a week after the last qualifying. Um, and then you got Weston McKinney. You know, he, he broke his foot during Champions League before the last qualifying round. So, I mean, if these guys can stay healthy, I think it'll, it'll work well. But the problem is, is they're, they're going to be in the, you know, the beginning stages of their Premier League or European League seasons you know and that's why those leagues are not happy about the world cup being in qatar and the timing but their bodies are tired it's wear and tear i mean they don't really get summers off they're doing u.s national team stuff so i i mean as an athlete playing semi-pro indoor i know your body needs rest because that's how your injuries occur is landon donovan's goal scoring record in the world cup in jeopardy is christian pelusic the guy to break it I honestly, I don't think so. Um, the difference between the two is, I mean, Landon Donovan, 
I, I always saw him as like clutch, you know, you could depend on him and trust him to get you out of things at the clutch moment of the game. You know, um, I don't see that in Pulisic. I just, um, I don't see that in him yet. Maybe he'll grow into it, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Not this year, maybe in the future, you know, but I don't, I don't think this year it is unless Pulisic's holding back and he, you know, my friend always says, I think they're holding back. I think they're afraid to get injured right now. So I don't know. Maybe it's, I've seen Pulisic play a lot better than he is. I don't know if he's, he's tired, he's hurt, but yeah, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. But you also got to understand that winning the World Cup is the goal for all these international players. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo plays for Portugal, but I know that he is one of the best soccer players, if not the best soccer player in the world. But Portugal is they don't, they're not the team that could win the World Cup because all they have is I'm not going to say all they have is Cristiano Ronaldo, but they're not considered a powerhouse like I would I would say obviously Germany, Brazil, you could you could actually add the Netherlands in there as well, Belgium. Uh, I, I remember when Lionel Messi got all the way to the – I want to say they got to the World Cup final and lost for Argentina. How shocked are you that Italy failed to reach the World Cup for a second straight time? Uh, that shocked me a lot because they won the European Cup last summer. I, I, I don't – it's just weird. I mean, they have a great team. Their league, Serie A, is a great league up there. Their players are playing all over the world. I it just doesn't make sense. And they lost in the like 90th minute of the game. They were tied with that team, and then they they get scored on in the last minute. Literally, I I mean my heart goes out to them. But yeah, I'm totally shocked. That's a powerhouse team, and I didn't think it'd be two World Cups in a row. It just doesn't make sense, especially after winning the European Cup last summer. Like, how do you go from being European champions to not even qualifying to the World Cup? <laughs> I got to admit, Tanya, I mean, I'm glad the World Cup is here and I'm glad the United States is in. I even watched the World Cup in Russia in 2018 when the U.S. wasn't in it. That's how big the World Cup is. But the problem is it was in the summertime. We got the World Cup in November and December where we're going to have NFL and college football. Do you think that the viewership for the World Cup drops in this country because it's competing with American football season? I think so. And the only reason I say that is because the time difference. Um, I'm not even sure what time it is in, in Qatar, honestly. So that could be a problem. And then, I mean, the NFL is the NFL. You're going to watch that. I mean, everybody watches the NFL. And then, you know, the, the like, like the end of the season for the college football is there. NBA starting up at that time. There's just so many sports during that fall-winter time period. I think the World Cup's going to be impacted because, you, like you said, it's normally in the summer and there's not a whole lot going on in the summer. You got baseball, you know, there's really not much going on in the summer. You got soccer and baseball. So I that's going to be interesting to find out. But I think so. I think it's going to impact it. Well, I cannot wait to have you and Eric on the podcast. I would love to get both of you on at the same time and we could just talk all things World Cup. And I will make sure that I cover as much World Cup as possible on this podcast as I will have football covering that as well this fall. And so it's going to be a great sports fall. I'm telling you, it's just going to be so awesome. Thank you for your insight on the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Thank you for always having me. I look forward to being on it with Eric. It's been such a long time, and that guy is all soccer. So, I mean, he can go off. (laughs) Probably one of the greatest soccer players to ever put on the uniform at Freed Hardman University. 
I had the privilege of calling Eric Taylor as he was our striker on the Freed Harbin Lions. And that was a great relationship that I was actually doing play-by-play for Freed Harmon soccer for a couple of games. And Eric Taylor was their star player. And I, I really appreciate him for paving the way for me that eventually led to my Rapids job because of all the, just the little games that I called in college. It's like, hey, you ever called play-by-play for soccer? Yeah, a couple games. Okay, you're good enough to be the play-by-play announcer for the Rapids. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you do a good job. And I didn't know Eric had, uh, you know, had to do with all that. But, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys worked that out and that happened. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Eric, Eric's a great guy, and I just wish him nothing but the best. He's got a lot of lot, of, lot of stuff going on and uh, would love to get him back as a guest on this podcast. So before we close the show, Tanya, you're, you're a fan of sports documentaries, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, 30 for 30, like anything, you know, I love watching that stuff. I like watching E60. I'm totally in. All right. So this is a new feature that I'm featuring on the podcast once a week. And this is really during the summer months when sports is kind of slow that I'm going to have a documentary feature by first one. And it's all going to be Columbus based. There's a lot of great sports stories to tell in Columbus, Georgia. And so I'm going to dedicate the first podcast to the 2006 Northern Little League World Series champions, Brady Hamilton. First baseman for the Northern Little League team was kind enough to join me earlier this afternoon. And we had about a 20 minute interview and he says it it was the greatest moment of his life outside of the birth of his kids and his, his marriage. I mean, that's how big it was for him. You know, a bunch of 12 year olds winning a world championship and then coming back to a city that embraced them. And they were pretty much signed an autograph to like midnight. Oh, dang. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just a surreal moment for all these kids. I want to tell their story because it's, it's a story that just hasn't been told yet. And mm-hmm. so I've got not just I got Brady. Um, I'm hoping to get Cody Walker. He hit the two run homer to put them up two to one. Um, Tyler Crowder, who's also a podcaster in Columbus. Uh, he he knows a lot of them. And then Dave Plata. So I'll have four guests. Dave Plata has covered sports in Columbus since 1985. So he is like the guy when it comes to sports in Columbus. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's a big project and I cannot wait. Stay tuned Thursday. That's awesome. Congratulations. So thank you so much, Tanya, for being a guest on the podcast. I I appreciate your insight in sports, talking about the NBA playoffs, baseball, World Cup. You know, you you really starting to become like a regular contributor to this show. At first, you were New Mexico Lightning midfielder, Tanya Chavez. (laughs) Now, you're just Tanya Chavez because I think you're more than just a soccer player. You also have a career, a possible career if you want it, in talking sports. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, it's part of my one of my dreams. So, yeah, I I mean, this is a good tune up for me. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, hopefully we can get the word out in Albuquerque sports that I'm sure they have a TV station in Albuquerque or a radio station that would love to have you on as a guest talking everything. New Mexico sports, the Lobos, the Aggies, Brian Urlacher. I mean, you name it. I mean, we we Mm -hmm. could just talk everything New Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll just have to get my name out there, you know, but you're helping me. So thank you. 
Of course, I've done my research. But once again, <laughs> once again, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That was Tanya Chavez. Happy enough. Kindly enough is my daughter screaming in the background. Let me let me rephrase that. That was Tanya Chavez here on the Sports Beat. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. And don't forget to download and subscribe to my Facebook and Twitter account. As I'm trying to get on YouTube, I know that that is where it needs to be. But I hope everybody has a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.